0: What part of this problem I'm experiencing is being caused by my interpretation of what's going on, by the meaning I'm assigning to this experience, by my rules, by my expectations.
1: Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, if we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety.
2: Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. I'm Tom Rutledge. I'm with our wonderful producer Patrick Newman and Dr. Alan Berger. How are you guys
1: doing,
0: Patrick? I went first last time. You go first today.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'm um, doing good. Um, I, you know, uh, we're into the chapter now on uh, not taking things personally. And uh, what do you mean I'm, by that? I'm sorry. Well, I, <laughs> I, couldn't help. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Sorry. <laughs> actor you talking to me six, <laughs> yeah, yeah you talking to me well uh but
0: that. isn't not that the the famous line that comes out of taking things personally is dhero's oh, yeah. line you talking, talking think, to me yeah
1: <laughs> i don't I, I don't think uh anybody in fiction's ever taken things more personally than travis pickle oh, no. <laughs> but yeah i struggle with that um i don't know i uh I'm always trying to make my uh, relationship better uh, with my girlfriend. And um, I think there's been times when uh, out of a genuine sense of compassion uh, or concern, uh, you know, um, you know, my girlfriends try to communicate things to me, which uh, I've taken personally in a way that they weren't intended. And so I think that uh, this is going to be some very useful ground to cover today. And for our audience, hopefully,
2: for what it's worth, on a personal note, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, that uh, you and I have discovered along the way what we have in common, and I have a feeling I have a, I have a lot of previous history with that in my marriage. So if I can be of any help to you, uh, check check with me before you complete the interpretation in your head.
0: Yes,
2: we'll
1: do. Mm-hmm.
0: But I appreciate you sharing that. Look, it's something that we all struggle with. Every I, I wouldn't have been able to diagnose it that i'm taking something personally but i have felt that my whole life Mm -hmm. i didn't know what it was i for some reason i thought my reaction to other people was normal that this was people were supposed to do what i thought they were supposed to do and then when they were talking to me in a way or behaving in a certain way i thought that they were clearly wrong and they just just didn't have you know didn't
2: understand things properly. And course, well, are, our we, our rea- but the truth is if you look at the word normal for what it really means is the norm, it kind of is normal, it, it, but it's not necessarily, it's not the healthy one that we're seeking right now that we're trying to live with. It's, I think, I mean, the normal part is the part I think where we can tell people, you know, to back off on just beating the, you know, beating the crap out of themselves for it because you go like, no, that's kind of what we get in our culture.
1: There's this quote from the book that, um, really resonates, uh, our feelings are real, but not always true. Love, I love that one. Yes.
0: Right. That's right. That's right. on. Well, I, I wanted to read a few things from the first, just the opening page of this mm-hmm. page 109. It says emotional dependency creates all kinds of perceptual distortions. So it's back to what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. Is that my emotional dependency gets me to assign meaning to experience that are based on my emotional dependency or on my level of consciousness that I have at that particular point in time. And then later, it's often
2: fear, often, often fear-based.
0: Right. Well, that's what it is. It's the fear that, you know, that you're, that I'm not going to be belong, that I'm not going to be loved, right? That kind of thing, that anxiety. And then I say taking things personally means we assume that things other people say and do or don't say and do are about us rather than them. Mm -hmm. We all take things personally. It's a hard habit to break, but a habit that must be broken if we are to achieve emotional sobriety. So when I say it's a habit, I do believe it's become habitual for us. Yes, That we've just done this so many times over and over and over again without the consciousness about what's going on. You know, one of the antidotes that we've been, you know, in... Encouraging people to have to turn around this emotional dependency is curiosity.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We suggest heavy doses of curiosity on a daily basis. <laughs> right? Take a right. thousand milligrams in the morning, a thousand milligrams in the afternoon, and a thousand That's right. milligrams at night.
2: Take it, take it on an empty stomach. Take it on a full stomach. Whatever. It's like <laughs> it's, it's good for you.
0: It's just, just lots of lots of. You know, <laughs> you know, mega dose yourself, (laughs) curiosity, because the more curious I can be about what just went on for me, how come I just got upset about that? What's going on with me? And see, that's breaking the habit right there. Instead of me focusing on what you're doing, and what you've done wrong, which I became an expert at, it became automatic to blame other people. Or as Tom said, the other side of that was to blame myself. Those mm-hmm. were my two modes of operation, blaming you or blaming myself. The curiosity is in between those two things.
2: Yeah. That's, I appreciate you saying that too, because, because people want to, want people to know, and really we can't repeat this often enough either. I think that that self, you know, self blame is not the same as self responsibility and self blame is no more useful to to our progress than blaming other people is still blaming. That's right. It's not it's not intended to, it's not intended to help us move from our places. It's, it's actually going to get, keep us
0: stuck. It does keep us stuck. No question about it, Tom. Yeah. It really, just stuck in a very. For me, it kept me stuck in a very very undifferentiated, or emotionally immature place. Mm-hmm. You know that I couldn't get out of it. It was like I was I was caught in that loop. I'd blame myself or then I'd blame you. And then when that wouldn't work, I would blame myself and I would just keep circling this thing.
3: That's
0: right. I call it circling the drain. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: like- well, and, Yeah. And you're not, and, and you're not, you know, and you, you and I think a lot of times people think they're doing better when they come. And I certainly have experienced that before where I, you know, I could go like, okay, well I, you know, okay. It's, it's not your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. It's like, OK, well, it's and, and I'm not saying things aren't can't be somebody's fault. I'm just saying that's not where the solutions are. That's not where you're you know, we talked last last uh, the, the last chapter and last or last week we talked about the 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 center of gravity thing. This is where you need that center of gravity, because because this is the, taking things personally is how we get knocked off our center of gravity that's right. from within ourselves is where we're knocking ourselves off the center of gravity.
0: Well, that's, a, that's right. There's that's taking responsibility. See how Tom changed that. Listen to that. You know, I, I caught myself doing that today. I forgot what it was that I said, you're making me feel this. And then I stopped said, Wait a minute. There, she's not making me feel anything. I'm feeling that right now. First of all, being conscious of that, catching ourselves with it, being aware of it. And also now, you know, what we're saying today is add curiosity. What's got me so upset here with this situation what is and and I love the way Virginia Satir said this. She's I'm a big fan of Virginia Satir. Me too. One of the the I think pioneers in family therapy and in self esteem, uh, discussing self esteem and the importance of it, along with Dr. Nathaniel Brandon, but. She had this great line that says, when I'm experiencing a problem, when I'm emotionally disturbed, she goes, I draw a circle and I put myself in the middle, Virginia. (laughs) And then I start asking myself, what part of this problem I'm experiencing is being caused by my interpretation of what's going on, by the meaning I'm assigning to this experience, by my rules, by my expectations. And then I love the last thing she said, And then she goes, and then I finally asked myself, is this happening because of my lack of faith in my ability to grow and learn how to deal with this situation better? And it was like, wow, my God, she nailed it again. She nails a lot of things all the time. I mean, But it was such a beautiful way of encouraging us to stop and be curious. Mm Mm-hmm. Just bring that curiosity to, to bear on it, with the right, with the right perspective in terms of what is this thing that's going on. And now, with this not taking things personally, is is to the first step is to realize you are taking it personally, and to write down what it means to you. I'm taking this personally because what I, the way I, the meaning I'm giving to this, I, I'll give you an example of it. I just got a text for somebody today. I'm working with this gentleman on. Uh, On his recovery, he had a period of time when he was sober, he relapsed, he's trying to get get back in the program again, and he had a substantial period of time, and he's having a hell of a time. He's got 45 days now, but he's been been in a relationship with someone, and she said, look, you know, you're going to really try this this time, and I want to support you so I won't drink, you know, during this period of time. Well, she's continued to drink, Mm -hmm. and he wrote me today. He goes, why do all the people, especially my girlfriend, who said they're not gonna drink, continue to drink? Now, is their drinking the problem for him? Are they really his problem? I had my sponsor Tom on the phone with him the other day, and he says, hey, you know, those people aren't your problem, you're your problem. Well, we know that to be the case, right? That that, you know, you know, my problems are of my own making but there's a meaning that he's given to this. And so what he means is you don't care enough about me to not drink, to support my not drinking. Now that's the taking it personally, at least I'm imagining that's what he's doing or something. Right. Some variation on that. Now, how does he get out of that? How does he flip that around? Because, because what, the way that you have to, to deal with this, and I like to call it the turnaround. You have to turn it around. And the turnaround means that instead of looking at what it means about you, you turn it around and say to yourself, what am I learning about the other person? What is this telling me about them instead of seeing what they're doing as a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. Yep. So what do you think he, he might think if he says to himself, well, Well, instead of me taking this personally, like they don't love me enough or they're not supporting me or they don't care enough about me. What do you think it tells him about them? See, that would be where his curiosity come in. And he could start to work through this first reaction he has is to take it personally.
1: Right. Could be as simple as uh, his significant other uh, just likes her white wine. That Mm -hmm. that
0: could be that simple. Or Mm -hmm. they thought about it. I don't want to be controlled by I I like to drink and you know, this is his problem, it's not mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love him, care about him, but you know, why do I have to change my life? You know, while he's changing it. They want they might be they might be expressing, you know, a declaration of their independence.
2: Right. You could also you could also take that it's I also noticed that you can go, I call it going down the ladder. You can go down a little deeper with that too. And and the idea is when, when, if, if, if if the, if the, if the interpretation is she doesn't care about me enough to stop drinking, to support me is because we can go down and go like, okay, before, before we try to, before we reassure at that level, let's go down that and say, okay, if, if, if we can actually factually say, if, if in fact, you know, you need you needing her to, to wanting her not to drink to support you is a measure of for you is a measure of her love for you. Then she doesn't. Okay, so if she so if she doesn't, what does that mean for you? I mean, do do you, because the because the message from what you from your language, Alan, is 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 that she has to love me this much and measured in this way. In order for me, for this, for me to be okay. And it's like, the truth is, if you, you know, you can reevaluate that and think, well, maybe I don't need that. Uh, But if you actually come down and your, your true, your truest answer is I do need that. then Okay. But that's up to you. What you do with that relationship. It's not her. It's not her, you know, shorten you somehow.
0: That's See, I love, see, that's the thinking. I mean, I hope everybody heard about uh, what did you call it? Taking I, call it go, I call it going down the ladder, you know. When somebody says ladder. says I'm afraid of this, instead
2: of saying, "Oh, it's probably not that," you say, "Okay, well, what? You know, I'm I'm afraid if I were to say this, I'm going to lose my job." It's like, okay, if you lost your job, yeah, you know what? Uh-huh. Let's keep going down the ladder. If I lost my job, I would lose. I would. I would. Life would not be worth living. It's amazing how fast it goes down. But it's it's like people go, "Oh, okay, well now I see why I'm so upset." That's right. Because within just a couple of rungs down the ladder, I have this in, in embracing fear. It's like a couple of rungs down the ladder. You're at these deep existential crises That's right. of, of, of existing or, or to be or not to be. And it's like then. It, but, and, and the cool thing is you can go like you can have empathy for yourself. You go like, oh, no wonder this is so upsetting to me because right. I'm actually thinking that my existence depends on this person being different than who she is.
0: And and that's where emotional dependency creates, you know, this low sense of self-esteem, yeah. and a low sense of self-esteem now makes us so dependent on other people and their attitudes towards us to be okay.
2: <laughs> circle so, the drain. Circle, uh, the, yeah, drain. I mean, circle <laughs> the
0: drain. Doctor Doctor um, David Snarch called that a reflected sense of self, and here's what it means. A reflected sense of self is meaning that we believe the other person's behavior and attitude towards us is an accurate reflection of who we are rather than an expression of who they are. And see, so that's what it Read read
2: that again. That's
0: that's too important. Read that again. So reflected sense of self means that we believe the other person's behavior and attitude towards us is an accurate reflection of who we are rather than expression of who they are. We see in their actions and statements a reflection of our worth or value. We view their behavior as a mirror in which we see a reflection of our worth or value, their approval or disapproval of us. We lose sight of who we are because of what they say or how they act. Because of this dynamic, we take personally most of what a person says, does, or thinks. So, but what you, you know, and I like the way you're extending this, Tom, is you're also mm-hmm. saying, is that if if we follow the sequence of that thought, mm-hmm. the experience we're having and say, okay, so if it means that she's not interested in supporting me, the way that, that she said she would, what does that mean? Well, mm-hmm. that's when it gets to, then we get down to. Well, it might mean that I need to to stay sober and support myself, whether she's doing that or not. (laughs) That's how we can get back to recovering our center of gravity, right? center Mm -hmm. of emotional gravity is by following that, taking the steps down. You know, emotional sobriety is about freedom. And when Mm -hmm. you just have that sense of reasonable doubt that this may not be about me, Mm -hmm. is you open up the possibility yeah. More and more free in your life. And now starting to have relationships that are truly based on who you are and who the other person is rather than based on this dependency that they have to be a right,
2: right. Right. Now, let me, let me add this piece and you, and and I'm really am wide open to if, if this is taking us in a direction that's going to distract us from where we need to go, then just, just go ahead and just pull the plug on me. It's, but there's a what this brings to mind is is the the exercise in the Amago uh, therapy uh, technique uh, with with uh, Harville Hendricks of, of the, do you mean exercise? It's like where it is, which I love a lot, which is, which is a couple there's, you kind of put, you put them in a harness so that they just have to answer questions yes or no. And so if I, if I am, you know, if you're telling me something and I'm, and I'm thinking that you're telling me that I'm incompetent. So, so, and it doesn't matter how irrational it may feel or whatever I I begin. Okay. If, 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 if if Patrick's our therapist and he's guiding us through that, he's put me in this situation where I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'm going to say, I'm going to start with Alan. Do you mean that you believe that I'm incompetent and you want to, you want to break up our partnership in this podcast? And I always tell people start at the worst case scenario. And you just say, no, you know, it's like, okay, do you, do you mean you sometimes doubt my intelligence? It's like, no. Now, of course, if you do, you gotta, this is the hard part. You gotta go. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I do a little bit, but, that, but, you know, then later you're going to get a chance to explain it. But, but ultimately the, the point I want to make is I have couples do this. I've worked with a couple right now with this. And the hardest thing in the world is for the person, the person who is being asked the question is not having a, a bit of trouble saying, no, that's not what I mean. You know, but, but the other person, because of what you're, what you're describing to, to uh, Dr. Starch is, is like, is like is having the hardest time, Believing that, that she's telling him the truth, you know, and it's like, then you get to the place where I'm going like, I really don't think she's lying to you. You know, that's a different kind of problem. And that's like, you know, but it's so hard when somebody, somebody clarifies the curiosity, you ask the, you ask the question because you're curious and then they get the answer. The heart, one of the things I I guess, maybe this is the point I want to make for people who are working through this is understand that it may be very hard. It may be a lot of work for you to be able to trust an answer that does not support your negative interpretation.
0: That's right. Yeah, because that can be tied to a whole lot of things. Like it can, you know, we talked, we spent a lot of time recently in the Thursday night meeting talking about this self-hating process. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, we've said it kind of in a kind of lay person's way, if I don't love myself, it's hard to anybody else is going to love me, right? That, that we know that we've heard people say that, and that's true, Right. But it even goes deeper than that in some ways. that if I don't love myself, then I'm going to be very dependent on what other people think about me for my good feelings, because I can't turn to myself to support myself. And I'm just praying that you don't think about me the way I think about myself, because if you do, I'm screwed. Now it's two against nobody, right? It goes down to that kind of a thing. So, so when it's two against nobody, that's not a good deal,
2: right? Hey, maybe, maybe everybody in the world has got this, this nutshell, this, this soundbite, but I don't think I had it until just this moment. And I may need you to finish it. If, you, if I don't love myself, I am going to be very dependent on what, let's finish that.
0: Your feelings about me to be okay with myself. Got it. You you've got to you know I'm I mean
2: that's that's it. That's if it. I don't rather than if you don't love me, if we, I mean this is this is also this is a little piece of medicine, yeah. you know. If instead of if you don't love me, if I don't love myself, that's 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 a Brandon like uh, um, so sentence completion. If I don't love myself in this situation, yeah, da da da, da It's like yeah. I yeah. it
0: depend on on how you feel. Oh wow, you. okay. That,
2: that, wow that that gave me goosebumps that, that, that was that's just I don't know that was just an insight for me
0: treat me a certain way so that I know I'm all right that I'm acceptable that I'm god well. that's
2: a, and, and I get that because I realized that you know the in and you know when I have not believed in myself and when i have when I have been so in my self hatred one of the things when we talk about this on the Thursday thing about looking at toward you know how this has contributed to our harming other people and to move as we move to step nine is is That, you know, I am a guy who, to say the least, you know, was in relationship after relationship in which I did not pick up my own emotional socks. You know, it's like like my stuff was everywhere. If it was if you're going to live with me, you were going to have to pick up and and prop me up and you were going to have to take care of me uh, you know, and it, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't going to look like I was controlling you because I was just being pitiful. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. And it's like, and it's, and it's, and it's like, and it's, and it's this very thing. If I don't love myself. And so I can look back at my life and say, when I have not loved myself, I have made life very difficult for the people closest to me.
0: That's right. That's right. And, you know, back to this, the, the Imago exercise, it's, it's very interesting, is, is that the people that come from more of the of the differentiation side. See, the Imago folks are very much into the attachment, etc. The differentiation folks have been very critical of, of um, Harville Hendrick's approach. Because mm-hmm. he's saying is that what's happening is, is you're you're reinforcing the dependency, right? By that harnessing thing that you mm-hmm, just talked about. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. Oh. And how that person responds is going to determine, you know, whether we can work through it or not. Right. And mm-hmm. so what the people from differentiation says, look, there's nothing wrong. If you can find those ways of checking in with each other and stuff like that, they said, but that stuff ultimately doesn't get at the deeper issue of being undifferentiated. Mm-hmm. We start to climb down the ladder, as you just said, mm-hmm. what we're just talking about now. If I'm not loving myself, it doesn't matter how you respond to me. I'm going to have that vulnerability inside of me until I start to address that. Now, as someone who loves me, you might or might not want to support me in that. But whether you do or not, it doesn't have to be that you don't love me if you're not doing it my way. You're in yourself. I mean, see, so Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, even Virginia Satir says, we put too many demands on what love means. If you love me, you won't do anything without me. If you love me, you'll want to do what I, what I tell you to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit like this that is so, I mean, I, I'm laughing at it now, but when I was a, when I was a young man, I, I lived by that stuff, man. Yep. If you love me, you know, do what I want you to do. I mean, right. come on, Al. That's not love. That's that's like you know slavery. <laughs> I mean,
2: well, yeah, that's as you. Well, I think I think we could take our, ourselves, both of us, as examples as old guys who've been married for forever and ever. And it's like you say, say, like is you know is is because because I you know one of the things I do believe is that I know I love Dee, Dee and I know that Dee, Dee loves me. I know you love, I believe that you love Jess and know that Jess loves you. And it's like, does any of that mean that we think that our wives are going to do exactly what we want them to do today? The answer to that question is no, <laughs> they're not. It's like, that's not how they're, that's not what they're going to base. Now they may do something because they love us, but it's like that. It's not that formula where if you do, then you will do this. And if you don't, because the opposite of that is if you don't,
1: then you don't that's right you know that that um axiom or mantra or i don't know what you would call it but that nobody hurts us we hurt ourselves um Mm -hmm. seems so fundamental to emotional sobriety and then of course this chapter how do you guys when you're working with people address the resistance people have to that because when you say that nobody hurts us we hurt ourselves we're not saying that our boss isn't an asshole or right. What, whatever. Right. It's I'll more like, about we're not,
2: we're not even we're not even saying people don't do hurtful things. Yeah.
0: Patrick, that would be, I think, a, a good whole podcast discussion. So can we kick that can down the road? To oh, the yeah. No step. problem. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'd love <laughs> to. That'd be great. It's a good one, though, huh?
2: Yeah.
0: A, no, I think I think it really is. Yeah. It's a very good one. Well, look, I think that this has been great. I love I love this Topic. And I love how we're talking about it
2: today. My experience is it's giving us a framework to have this, con- this ongoing conversation between the three of us. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like, it's a framework. It's, it's like, it's perfect for that because we're, there's not something we're not, I don't, I don't have any feeling that there's something I don't get to talk about that I want to talk about because we're focusing on your book. It's like it all, it, it all works with this framework. And it's like, and for somebody who is as, 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 pinball consciousness as i am i'm really loving the exact i'm actually feeling like i'm i'm like staying on a track um and it, and it makes me feel good it helps my, it makes, it's good for my self-esteem
0: well that's good i'm glad to hear that and i'm mm-hmm. you know i you know it's it's fun when you go back and look at the book and i'm really enjoying how we wrote this and i would say we because you know it was a it, it was a joint effort with Vince, who you guys, Vince, yeah. Listen, for everybody that's listening, Tom and Vince and I are working on a book now, emotional sobriety one day at a time. And we're going to have a bunch of uh, daily reflections on emotional sobriety. And
2: it's a thought for the day. And then there's a part that we call, try, you know, try, try this, or I, I think each one of us is writing it differently, but I put to try this and, but it's a challenge to say, do this. This is something you might do to, to to experiment with putting it into practice. You know, and it's like, and I yeah, I'm loving this that format too for for writing.
0: It's it's been great, and you know we we hope to have it out next year. And uh, you know, it's a follow up to Twelve Essential Insights, and to continue to build a body of literature that people can now tap into to really. Start to take this next step in their lives, yes, which I'm so excited about. And look, and you know, you've been hearing it the feedback we're getting on Thursday nights. I mean, I've just got a bunch of people that wrote me recently and just said, I just get so much. This has helped change my life so much by spending Mm -hmm. on Thursday night with you guys. Another great show, you guys. Fantastic. When we'll uh, Mm -hmm. the next one
2: is that CC in the background? Yes, that's CC. I love it. (laughs) I, I, <laughs> tell her, I, tell her I said. Ah! <laughs> Peace out, guys.
3: Take care, guys. Tend your life. Tend your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then, with glass and hand and children on no one knee, bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children some stories bring your stories back to me